This episode is sponsored by Squirrel Sisters. Squirrel Sisters is a health and wellness company founded by sisters Gracie and Sophie Tyrrell, who are on a mission to help you treat your health. As we all know, I love my food, but one thing I tend to struggle with is the balance between being healthy and indulging in quote-unquote snacks. I like to keep my sugar consumption reasonably low without restricting myself on tasty treats and that's where Squirrel Sisters come in. They have a range of healthy snacks, bars and nibbles that can be found in stores across the nation including Waitrose, Holland and Barrett, Selfridges and online on Amazon. All their products are 100% natural, vegan, gluten-free and made with the highest quality ingredients and most importantly, do not have any added sugars. It's a win-win for all. My personal favourite is the Cacao Orange Energy Bars, which taste just like a Terry's Chocolate Orange, but without all the bad stuff. Follow the brand on Instagram, at Squirrel Sisters. And just to make your life even more exciting, Squirrel Sisters are offering all listeners a 25% discount off everything on their website. Use the code CRAZYSEXYFOOD at checkout. And now for the episode. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs and people who just love their food. Today I'm joined by Kyle Duvall, the stylist, model, designer and social commentator. I met Kyle many moons ago at a very fabulous fashion party in the early years of my career as a photographer, where we bonded over our upbringings in Labrick Grove. Fast forward quite a few years and we have both evolved somewhat. Kyle is now a force to be reckoned with, engaging his creative skills across multiple platforms within the fashion industry. He has styled the likes of Rita Ora, Cara Delevingne, Bruno Mars and Maya Jama, as well as editorials for Vogue, Gay Times and The X Factor. In recent years, he has modelled in campaigns for Jean-Paul Gaultier and View Eyewear and is praised for his innovative use of men's makeup. During the recent public conversations regarding the LGBTQ community, Kyle has proudly spoken up about the issues surrounding the lack of diversity, the lack of common conversation as well as the shocking treatment within the transgender community. There is a lot to talk about here. So thank you, Kyle, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That was so sweet. Thanks <laughs> this for my introduction. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm happy that the sun's out and that we're getting some great weather. Absolutely. It You're looking, I mean, like, can we talk about your shirt for a second? Oh, thanks, babes. This is 90s uh, Gucci. Of course it is. Only the, best, only the best for me. Thanks. Like, of course. <laughs> uh, how does it feel to be back in the ends? Really good, love yeah. it, love it. Always puts a smile on my face yeah. being back in Labrador Grove, I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, it is nice. I feel like it's changed a lot over the years, but it still has that real undercurrent of like old school Grove. For sure. Still a bit mixed, but we like it being for mixed. For sure, for sure. What do you think is gonna happen with Carnival this year? I still feel like there's gonna oh, be something. Is. Oh, it is, 100%. Still going on, Legally like... or illegally, it's gonna happen. 100%. <laughs> you, 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 you can't keep these you people can't. down. <laughs> you can't, you really can't. I know, we've actually been talking about that, myself and my friends, and we've all said that it's definitely gonna, something's 100%, gonna happen. 100%, especially because there's been like those little parties, oh, yeah, the yeah, neighborhood yeah. block parties yeah, of recent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask you what you had for breakfast this morning. 
what did I have for breakfast this morning? I had some scrambled eggs. Nice. And a coffee. Okay. And a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Semi, semi healthy. <laughs> How do you make your scrambled eggs? Um, so I put them in a bowl, crack the eggs, bit of black pepper, bit of rock salt, mm. uh, whisk it up, and then throw them in a saucepan. And do you? Because a lot of people add in like cream or butter. See, or, I use some people to. add in water as well. What? Water. Yeah. What does that? Apparently, do? it makes it a bit fluffier or something. But it's. I, I, I used to. I used to add um, milk when I used to drink cow's milk. Yeah. But I don't anymore, thank God. Yuck. Um, but no, no, just eggs now, salt and pepper. Lovely, very healthy. So I want to take it back to your childhood. You obviously grew up in Labrador Grove. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that time in your life and sort of also talk to me about what you were eating growing up, who was cooking, what was the environment like? So I obviously, so I started the beginning part of my childhood with my mum in Labrador Grove, Latimer Road. And um, obviously she is of Bayesian heritage. So she used to cook things like flying fish and salt fish and ackee. But then she obviously grew up in England. So she'd still cook things like shepherd's pie and like, um, what else did she cook? She used to cook like things like pizza with like wedges and like, you no, know, just like yeah. type of like British stuff. So it was a real mixture of food growing up. Then obviously as I got a bit older, my family unit kind of crumbled and I ended up in, um, care like the british social services system and um while i was living in like children's homes and stuff it was kind of more um i don't know i don't say the food was great but you'd more have kind of because they were cooking food on such a big scale we didn't really have flavor we do things like lasagnas and like um like onion foods like nuggets and chips and <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that like quite what, basic quite basic yeah. just like make so everyone was happy yeah type thing because there was like 10 kids living in the homes and stuff so um and then from that i was then adopted by a wonderful lady called matilda who's colombian and then i like grew up on her food like throughout my teenage years which is like things like a rappers which like oh, these little like favorites. potato and corn things yeah they're so gorgeous i didn't know they? that bit about it. i didn't yeah. realize she was colombian yeah she's colombian so like she used to also give me this thing in the morning called shangwa, which is like a Colombian soup. But I really did like I used to love it when I was little, but I had it recently and I really don't like this taste anymore. What what is it? What's the consistency? It's like a corny kind of like soupy. Like they put an egg in it as well. Okay. And like yeah, shangwa. So just back to when you went into was it foster care? Yeah, so I was in um it was like I'd go to like a foster care and you'd be there for like a week or two weeks sometimes maybe even a month, and then you get put in like a children's home while they were finding you another foster carer. And was that in the area as well? Yes, yeah, so I did. I lived in one for a little while called St. Mark's Children's Home, which is like literally just by Grenfell Tower. Okay. Like around the corner. Okay. Me, yeah. And what are those memories like for you? Were they were they quite difficult? Were they were there fond memories throughout it? Um, I don't know. I feel like those years were quite adult for me. I feel like I feel like I'm more of a child now, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I had to grow up quite quickly. So I wouldn't say they were a happy time for me, but they were definitely, it was definitely a learning curve for me those years. And so how old would you have been? That would have been like, hmm, so like you'd, probably the end of primary school is when it really started to uh, disintegrate. So like maybe like 11, 10, okay, 11. Fine. And sort of back to being with your mum, when she was cooking all these, you know, delicious West Indian food, were you 
interested in like the process of it like did you ever find yourself in the kitchen helping her out no no no, no. <laughs> you just wanted to eat it all she'd be like my mum was very much like growing up like I wouldn't say she was strict because we've never really had the like um mother-son relationship we kind of um she always kind of just treated us like we were friends type thing like I remember being six years old and it being like 11 p.m. and I'm like downstairs playing with my friends and she mm. just wouldn't care because mm. that's the type of person she was. So more like if she was cooking, she'd be like, okay, you guys can clean and we'd be like cleaning the house or something. Do you know what I mean? It would never really be in the kitchen. Fair she enough. wasn't really that type of like show and tell type yeah. mum. Yeah. And obviously I assume that as the years went by, you managed to sort of sort that relationship out with your mum? I mean, I try to, we try, I try to so, so, um, so many times over the years, but I like literally have had to have therapy because of it. And it just got to a point where I was in my therapist and it was just like, this isn't working for you. And if anything, it's holding, holding you back. So I made the conscious decision to not have a relationship with my birth parents because they can't offer me what I need mentally. Mm. And it just kind of, if anything, it just really holds me back and it really puts me down and it affects my mood and yeah so it just wasn't right for me sometimes i think as you just said i think it is about that making that conscious decision for as sure. difficult as it might be sometimes you have to lose people in order to make keep yourself above water a hundred percent and it's like i think there's this like weird myth that like if you've known someone for xyz amount of years mm. or because this person's your family like you owe them something and it's like sorry like your mental health is the most important thing. At the end of the day, you have to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with yourself, totally. you know? So if you haven't got that relationship with yourself, like you can't give yourself, you can't help anyone else if you're not there for yourself. But I also think that some, I think a lot of us are programmed to think, oh, well, reg I mean, obviously if you say, oh yeah, it's a family member, you know, blood is thicker than water or I've known this person for 20 years. So, you know, I've got to make it work. But actually time doesn't really mean anything mm -mm. because the person that you were 20 years ago or the family member that was 30 years ago mm -hmm. may not be that person now and we're all evolving 100%. you know and you've just got to keep the right kind of people 100 that, 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 that feed positivity and i honestly just believe that like you know it doesn't like i said it's not about time i don't even think it's about blood either because you know matilda for me is is my mother like she has shown me that unconditional love that unfortunately I just wasn't able to receive from my birth mother you know so mm. in that sense like I think it's that's kind of taught me that like blood is not thicker than water and that like you know love is the key tool here totally the most important key tool look at us talking like we're on a TED talk I know right <laughs> <laughs> so obviously as you got older you got into the fashion industry and you've sort of been in that world for about eight years now as a man sort of, I guess, evolving in this industry. You know, there's a lot of pressures in the fashion world mm -hmm. to look a certain way, to conform to certain stereotypes. Did you feel a lot of pressure? 100%. Really? 100%. Like, I was looking back at some old photos the other day, and I feel like, you know, like, the person I am now for, at 30 years old is so similar to who I was at 16. That's Do you know what I mean? Like, and, like, whether, like, be the way that, like, I portray myself with the way I do my hair or my makeup or whether it be the clothes that I wear. Like I'm so, and like the person that I am, my personality, like I'm so similar to that person. Whereas I feel like when I entered the fashion industry, I felt like I had to change. I had to kind of, it makes me sad to say it, but I felt like I had to boy up. 
to get to where yeah. I wanted to be, you know? And it's like, I, I um, identify as a cis male, but I have so much female energy within me. So it's like, for me to do that and suppress me, I think that's why at that time I drank so much and, you know, I took drugs and like, I went through like so many emotions and so many friends because I wasn't being true to who I was as a person. But do you feel that you were obviously getting that from external factors? So what were you kind of saying to yourself on the inside during this? Like, were you literally saying to yourself, Kyle, like, you've got to, you've got to man up. Like, you've got to just, like, kind of conform to, to what people want me to be. I don't think it... I don't even think I had a conversation with myself. I don't even think that I consulted myself on what I was doing. I think I just did it. Really? And I think it was not to put down anyone that I was around or with at the time. I think it was a lot to do with that. And I know that like without sounding like I'm blowing smoke on my ass, I know that I look fucking amazing in a dress and, and makeup. Yeah, do you know you do. what I mean? So <laughs> I'm like, I know that I didn't want to take away from anyone else that I was around, you know? So I think that was a lot to do with it. It kind of just happened. I just did it overnight. I suppressed myself, changed my style. I changed who I was, you know? I mean, I was actually looking at a couple of your photos that you put up over the past few months. And I have to say, your body is ridiculous. Thank you. No, I try, seriously. I try. I've literally <laughs> he like- He has got legs. If there was one thing I did in quarantine was like work out. I was like, come on, we've got no, this time, no, let's do good. it. Because you're naturally, you're very tall. You're, you know, you're very naturally lean, slim. you're slim, but it's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I would, I would. <laughs> yeah. So, sort of, you know, as you're embarking into this world of fashion and madness, as we all know, it is very mad. How was food playing a part in your life? You know, you say that you were possibly filling voids or filling pressures with alcohol and drugs. Like, did food play any importance, you know, throughout your 20s, I guess? See, I have a really weird thing that if I'm like super, super stressed out, I just don't eat. Like, I don't eat. I find it so hard to eat. So like food for me has always been like a task. And like when I've had really down like slumps in life, I've always had to like force myself to eat. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, come on, have breakfast, have this, have that. And then I've noticed when I'm happy, like I wake up in the morning and I want food. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm like, mm, yum, mm. let's have some eggs. But throughout that time, you know, when we speak about the fact that you felt like you had to kind of become this person, mm -hmm was your food compromised would you say regardless of whether you were stressed or not maybe yeah especially like when you're working a lot as well like mm. sometimes i'd be on the road and just grab anything yeah like at that point like i feel like i wasn't really as at one or concerned with my body and health as i am now yeah do you know what i mean so i would just eat anything yeah whereas like now like if i have for instance like i did that um live on friday for jean paul gautier and we got sent this massive hummingbird pride cake i saw it it was so good <laughs> but i literally had about 10 slices of cake and on saturday i could feel it like yeah. i can feel the sugar in my bones i can feel it in my joints you know whereas before i'd be like oh my god i have mcdonald's every day i'm fine yeah, i don't yeah. get any spots so like yeah. i had youth then you know no, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i've noticed as i'm in, into my 30s now I wake up in the mornings or even like late afternoons and I feel my body changing. For sure. It's, I'm just trying to embrace it, but it is quite a thing to sort of understand. A hundred percent. Do you get the food. achy back as I, well? well I, have a, I mean, my backs are destroyed anyway, but I mean, I got, I've got achy knees, I've got achy back, I've got oh achy God, shoulder. So 
but like even like what you say about like food you know i try to be as healthy as i can but i also absolutely disagree with restricting yourself no, from, for sure. if you want a pizza go have a bloody 100%. pizza but you know those days like you say when you have just eaten badly or you've eaten in a whole cake mm. you do feel it 100%. and it massively affects my my mental state 100 percent. not because i'm not necessarily because like you're guilty of eating it but it's more just I just feel shit. Yeah, you like, feel I down. Feel heavy. I feel heavy I feel and down, down for but sure. But it's like a massive sugar low as yeah. well. It's just like, it's like a hang- It's like a, it's it's like like a, a sugar hangover. hangover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mentioned um, in the intro, you speak a lot about um, diversity and acceptance of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. And I really want to talk to you about this because, you know, we are in a really critical, quite incredible position in life at the moment where we are going through a lot of things aside from the fact that we've got a massive global pandemic Mm -hmm. you know we've got the black lives matter movement which is seeing a huge change we hope we we strive for you know we mustn't stop learning or educating ourselves but i want to talk to you about the issues that you've had to tackle within your community Mm -hmm. um and as you know quite an outspoken and rightly so member of that of that community for sure i mean to be honest the thing that irks me the most within um especially in the uk as well is that if somebody doesn't fit into a box or a standard that they are that they can understand we completely like shun it and we completely like you know don't want to learn and we shut it off and like we hate on it and we like disrespect it and it's just like we're all human beings and I just what stresses me out the most is that people feel like they have a right to say put down like I don't know like a gender fluid person or a trans woman because she doesn't live up to the expectations of what they perceive to be a woman you know Mm. and the thing that I'm trying to push at the moment is that you know gender fluidity has been here throughout the decades throughout history forever it's not a new thing you know, and so have trans women. They're not a new thing. So has the has the gender binary. The gender binary is basically made up. Like it's not real. Someone decided one day that this is for men and this is for women. Mm. And what I don't understand is the control in some people's minds when it's like these are man-made things. You know, like why do you have why do you, why does it irk you so much that like you know a guy in a dress like why does that upset you so much? Like this is a man-made object, and someone has decided that that was for a woman and that was for a man. Like it's all bullshit, and it just stresses me out. And how, are, what are you doing to kind of put the message out there that it is bullshit and that these close-minded, you know, sort of animals that are living under a rock, essentially, For sure. are sort of like trying to speak up and fight this because... I just I just try and do my best. I try and, you know, use my platform as much as I can to, to um, put these issues out there. Also, just living my truth. I mean... I, the power of things like Instagram and social media, like I get messages from people being like, oh, just seeing you wear makeup, like inspires me to walk around and be who I am, you know? And those are the little things that matter to me the most out of everything that I do. Because actually helping and giving something back, you know, kind of validates me and makes me feel like, okay, well you need to, like when I was like being more masculine and you know, like living not so true to myself, like, I, I wasn't helping anyone. I wasn't doing anything. So that's actually what I wanted to ask you because I didn't want to come across as, like, ignorant or anything. So what you were showing of yourself, let's say, 10 years ago, mm. was just Kyle dressed in, and I'm using inverted commas, men's clothing. Mm. Um, at that time, were you were you identifying as a gay man? Yeah, at that for time? sure, yeah. So 
at what point did you then start becoming a lot more open with showing showing yourself off you know wearing makeup or wearing a dress or putting on a pair of heels like what was it that triggered you to be like I think no I need to be honest it was it was I was, was this happen sorry was this happening behind the scenes and you just weren't showing it I mean I've always like yeah 100% like if I'm at home and like with my friends and stuff and I'm not in the public you know, I or something, then yeah, 100% it was still happening then. But I mean, the the whole real initial like change for me to be like, okay, I need to bring this to the forefront was just, you know, I stopped hanging around with certain people and I really just changed my whole perspective in life. I moved, um, you know, I became sober, like loads of things changed for me in the course of the last two years and two, three years even. And like, yeah, it just felt right. And it just felt like it was the right time for me to be true to who I am. And were you a bit nervous about it? Just cause like for people out there who are in or were in or are going to be in the same position as you, I just wonder, it can be quite a nerve wracking, scary thing to finally be honest. To be honest, you know? not, not at all. I wasn't nervous. It was more like, I felt like I was literally, like I did, I felt like I had no friends. I felt like I was completely alienated because everyone else was going out and drinking and partying and stuff. And I just thought, you know what? This is time for me. Yeah. This is just time for me. Yeah. Like, like at the end of it, I am the most important person in my life. So it just kind of happened and it felt natural. And like I said, it was like, I just feel like I'm back to being my real, true 16 year old self. And he's also uh, sporting his natural hair color, natural which hair. may I say, no is honestly the best. Thanks babe, I I've love seen. it. It is, but it's Thanks, like a honey. really beautiful brown. Thank you. Like I might need to like take a few little bits of it so I can just take get- Take some, take, I've got loads. <laughs> I'm going gray on the right side during I've got COVID. Some in the back. I've I really got some can't deal with it. I pull them out, it's not good. No, but then some, <laughs> like 10 come to its funeral or something, isn't I know. It? <laughs> but they they, they grow back really thick and wiry. So like, I'll put my hair in a bun and it'll be like these little bits like Just sticking out. out. Yeah. You can see me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on social media? Because you've got a great presence on there. Um, do you, you know, aside from sort of, you know, the message that you're put, trying to put out there, what are your thoughts on social media nowadays? I mean, it's just, I'm just on the fence with social media because, you know, it, like so much good can be done with it but also so many so much bad can be done with it so I'm kind of on the fence I use I try and use it for the positive side of things you know um but I also know it can be used as like really negative and like make people feel shit about themselves so I think if, as long as I know that I'm using it in the right way and if I see someone that's not I'm gonna let them know Damn so, right. Right? <laughs> I mean, we're in the day and age of like, everyone's trying to learn. And if you don't tell someone, like if I did something wrong, I'd expect someone to correct me mm. and I would hold my hands up and take it because that's the age we're living in. Like we're all learning. Do you get quite a lot of people making like comments? Yeah, and... I, I, make a, I make a point of deleting them all off my Instagram. Really? Though, because I want my Instagram to be a safe place and I want someone to come on it and feel inspired and like, you know, leave feeling happy, not leave feeling like, okay, that person's... Um, trying to live their truth and they're being abused every day. Mm. Like even walking down the street, like I'll get like a look or like someone will comment or someone will poke their friend or like, I'm just like every day. Really? Regardless, yeah, but just let it go over my head because I know that like, I'm happy and I'm like living my best life. Mm. And if they felt like they needed to make a comment, that's on them. Completely. This is very much, I think, Like it, Honestly, learn. it took me so long to realise that like, people's opinions and like if someone does something horrible to you like it's not a reflection of you it really isn't it's mm. something that's going on within them absolutely 
God, look at us. I feel like we're so empowered <laughs> right now. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> God, we are such a far cry from when we met. <laughs> so just bringing it back to the food, as much as I could literally talk about um, all of these topics, obviously we are coming off the back of a quite a severe lockdown where mm-hmm. we have all just been like clawing at our walls. Do you cook? I do. And what have you been cooking during lockdown? Because this has been oh God, the time really that we've all boring. got to be like showing off our skills. I'm really boring. I'm That's really, really okay. Boring. I like boring. So I like boring as well. Like once I find a meal that I like. Yeah. And like at the moment I'm just obsessed with like salmon, okay. salad and brown rice. Okay, but that's super And healthy. I just eat and I feel so light and it just feels Perfect. great. Perfect. And what do you do with your salmon? So I've got a George Foreman. I just put it on the George oh, Foreman. All right. Yeah, I've got okay. a little thanks George. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really want to get a George They're Foreman. so good. They're so old school, it's but they're so great. so good, though. Literally, just leave it on there. You can focus, make a rice, make a salad, go back, and it's done. It's great. Have you tried any new things? Um, I baked banana bread. Of course. Yeah, that was about <laughs> it. No, I didn't. And so... I like the kitchen clean as well, so I'm, like, in and out, like, done, bosh. Yeah done yeah. yeah no i mean i have huge ocd but they actually say that the sign of a good cook is someone who cleans as, as they go cooking. along yeah, yeah, yeah you know i can't be just like using every apparatus in the kitchen or like on your phone while it's just like waiting for something no. use that time to wash up absolutely exactly and now that we are sort of slowly being allowed out of the home what are some of your favorite restaurants um I love that cafe on Westbourne Grove. What's it called? 202? 202. I love 202. Yes. It's so good. I also really like Megan's. You know, oh Megan's. Oh my God. In, uh, I think they've opened they've one in opened Kensington. They've opened a massive one in Kensington. Yeah. I, haven't been, I go to the one just on King's Road, the little okay. one. And is that just like an all day dining? All, all day dining. They do like a breakfast, lunch and dinner, but they do these really gorgeous vegan pancakes. They're like heaven. Oh, so wow. Nice. Mm. Okay. And any other sort of like nice dinner places? Um, where can we find you basically? Where can you find me on a night out? I mean, there's a really good Asian restaurant. I think it's on Fifth Street, like near Groucho's. Really nice. Um, I switch it up. I don't really go to the same place. Mm. So I always end my interviews with a few quick fire questions. We all know my favorite snack in the whole world is a packet of crisps. What is your favorite flavor of crisps and why? Oh, that's a good one. I, mm, I like prawn cocktail. Do you? I like prawn cocktail. Like a Walker's or a Skip's? Walker's. Walker's prawn cocktail. I never used to. I used to just be like a ready salted cheese and onion type of person. Yeah. But of recent, I just like them. I like like sucking the flavour <laughs> off. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hard lockdown. Yeah, listen. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually don't really like a Walker's prawn cocktail but i do love a skip just because i like it melting on my mouth um but i know what you um, jokes not intended but i actually know what you mean about sucking the flavor off yeah no i i do that a lot with because my favorite flavor is a pack of um pickled onion monster munch Mm. which are like dirty as hell but you you can't really raiders as well love space raiders but i love discos oh yeah i love right because they're so strong that they literally leave you with ulcers but like (laughs) licking that that salt and vinegar flavor off is like the best thing in the world okay what is the craziest food you've ever eaten? Oh my God. I had like, I don't even know what it was. It was some type of, I think it was like a sea urchin or something when I was in Japan, right? And the woman came and she put 
Uh, she put it on the table in front of us and she lifted it up and she said, you have to eat it quickly. And she lifted it up and the thing was like crawling across oh, the table no. and you had to like pick it up and like put it in your mouth really quickly. It was quite nice. It tasted like an well, oyster. Well, sea urchin, is that the one that's sort of really bright orange? It was like kind of, no, it was more of like a, I want to say like an iridescent white, purpley, oh, like okay. weird colour. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It could have been like a moving tent. It was something moving. I just shoved it in my mouth really quickly. Good for you. Okay. Because speaking of sea urchins, that's actually one thing that I haven't tried that sea I really urchins. want to try. But apparently you need to be very careful because they're, some of them are poisonous. Poison, right? Yeah. 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 So um, you do it in the right place. What's the most memorable meal you've ever had? The most memorable meal I've ever had. Let me think. Um, oh my God, there's been so many. It could have been where you were or who you were with. Because I always think a memorable meal has to encapsulate not just the food, but the ambience, possibly the company. Do you know what was a really nice meal, actually, was um, Frank Cutler's 50th in uh, Florence. And it was like me, Mary Chandler's, Fran, Kate, like a few of us, and we were all in this little tiny... Italian oh, restaurant, beautiful. drinking limoncello. Yes. That was pretty gorgeous. To be honest, anything in Italy mm -hmm. is memorable for me. For sure. I'm obsessed with that country. It's my favourite food, Italian. Oh. Like arancini, arancina balls. Yes. Like, oh, have you been to that Italian on Westbourne Grove? Like the little like deli? The one that's opened quite recently. Yeah, the one opposite pharmacy. Literally, yeah. So My good. mother is obsessed with that I'm place. I'm obsessed with that place. It's, it's so on, good. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know good. you can get lost in there. Yeah. I, mean, I walked past it the other day. Finally, live to eat or eat to live? Mm, live to eat. Yay! For sure. <laughs> Kyle, thank you so much oh, for joining for me. This has been me. so nice. First of all, to obviously catch up after all these years and just seeing how we're both thriving so much. For sure. Um, and also, you know, you your message and sort of what you're speaking about is incredibly important and I really admire your honesty throughout it all. You can follow Kyle on social media at Kyle Duvall. Until next time. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening and joining me this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend and another and maybe another. Don't forget to follow all the crazy sexy antics on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food. And please visit the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel where you will find the food show, how-to videos, interviews, and everything in between. Until next time, goodbye. Mm -hmm.